All right, today we're in 1 Peter chapter 2. And JD, uh, this just follows on with what uh, Peter was talking about in chapter 1. He starts with, get rid of all evil behavior, be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech, right? So he's he's saying, hey, you're going to suffer, you're the you're children of God just like the Jewish people are, and so that should impact the way you live, you should live in a way to love people, and I see that you marked up then verse 2. Yes, in verse 2, uh, it says, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into full experience of salvation, cry out for this nourishment. And I... I like the word crave. That's the one that jumped out at me. I think that uh, sometimes when we first come into faith, we we're, we don't know what to do. We're we're we're, we're we kind of get a little shaky, and we and I don't I think I've ever heard that before. But we need to crave it, and I think that's what puts you on your knees and gets you to pray and gets you back into the Word and and gets you on the right trail to a spiritual life. Yeah, and I've noticed for you know for Christians today, and you've experienced this, JD, as as have I. For us today, that means, like you said, learning to pray and seek God in prayer, learning to read your Word and know the Word of God. And so, if people are listening to this podcast, that they're doing that right now, and how important that is um, for followers of Jesus. But I also noticed that this, I like that he uses the word salvation again, and it says so that you'll grow into a full experience of salvation. And what I what that makes me think of is our circle, our pursue God circle. For some people, salvation is just about trusting Jesus, and then that's it. They don't move on to live a life that honors God. And this letter, you know, Peter's first letter to the Christians in modern day Turkey is saying, no, don't just don't just you know say that you love Jesus and you trust Jesus. You need to live to honor God in your life. And of course we would say and Peter would and Paul would as well, Jesus would that then you should also start paying it forward and discipling people. And then in verse 9 we see that he says but you are not like that. The old, you know, people who who don't honor God with their lives. He says you are a chosen people, you are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. So he's talking here about the fact that they're chosen by God, which, by the way, J.D., is something that the Jews used to think only applied to them, that they were God's chosen people. But no, now it's, it's saying that, no, even you Gentiles are God's chosen people, but you're not just chosen to be saved. You're chosen to be called out of darkness into light. In, in other words, to start living in a way that honors God day in and day out. And then that really relates to what you marked up in verse 12. Yeah, I like I liked verse 12 because it applies to a lot of different areas, but it, it applies to here as well. It says, be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Though even though they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see you your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. And I... And I, I think that's one of the things that we forget is just living to honor God every day, just just the way we lived. Uh, one of one of our friends used the word "be salty" mm-hmm. to make to make others thirsty for what you've got. Yeah, yeah, and that and I think it's a lot of people think well to to make a difference in the world, I've got to use words all the time and tell people about Jesus and. That's true at some point, but I think first you just need to live a life that people say there's something different about you, and I want to be like that. And then he gets political in verse 13. You mark this up. He says, for the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether the king is head of the state or officials or whatever. 
and he's not the only one who does this. Paul does this in Romans 13 also. And this yep. is this I think this is good for everyone in all nations everywhere is you're not supposed to be some political revolutionary necessarily. I mean sometimes you have to be if the if the government is so ungodly. But the government here was ungodly and he says, "But you know what? Submit to them because God put them in charge and you know, you just you just live this this in verse 15, this honorable life, quiet, honorable life, so that you're silent, you will silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. And I can't help but think of social media. There are so many Christians who on social media are so arrogant and and rude in the name of Jesus, and it turns off people and they're not silencing ignorant people. They're making, they're looking like an ignorant person by some of the things that they say. And what I would say to those people is just live a godly life and start discipling, quietly discipling people in your life. I think that's what Peter would be saying to us today. That's nice. And it, it doesn't it apply to today in this political world. It, right. Um, right. 21, for God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He's your example and you must follow his steps. And you know, that's, that's, we, we hear suffering in the Bible, but at least here in America, we don't really suffer as Christians that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some that might uh, disagree with me or take me up on that, but I, I think that uh, that we need to be ready for it, I guess, maybe. Right. Or or when or when it gets a little bit hard to be a Christian. I don't. I wouldn't hate to use the word suffering. I don't know what he's referring to here when he talks about their suffering. I don't know if it's literally physical suffering or. Or whether they're just being outcast, uh, are you? Can you give insight under what their suffering was? By any- yeah, it's definitely persecution and physical suffering, and that that was starting to happen in the church uh, at this point. This is probably a few decades into the, you know, after Jesus uh, rose from the dead, and and so this is one of the later um, letters written, and it was happening now, not just to Jews but to Gentiles who were Christians. And remember, that was the theme of this letter. Paul wrote this because he had heard that there was that they were undergoing some suffering, and he wanted to encourage them that that was to be expected um, because they were the people of God, and that just a lot of times, sadly, happens to the people of God. And so, I think in America today we don't experience that kind of suffering, but we might in the future. And uh, in there are many countries in the world where Christians are persecuted for their faith. And, uh, and we just need to remember that's sometimes that's part of the deal. That's part of uh, what it means to be a follower of Jesus.